It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 131. And this is from Poland. Now you have to feel sorry for the Poles. Uh, Their geographical situation means that they have been for centuries invaded by the Swedes, the Russians, the Germans. They've had a lot to contend with. Well, there are some things to admire about the Polish government, and this ties in with a story that we're looking at. It's going to be, I think, big story for 2021, and that is the role of big tech. They're putting forward a proposal to guarantee Polish citizens their constitutional right to freedom of speech on major internet platforms. The Freedom of Speech Council we propose will decide what big tech can and cannot remove from its platforms, lest they attempt to impose restrictions beyond the laws that govern and protect speech in Poland. And, you know, he argues, and this makes so much sense, that social media giants are actually natural monopolies. And that whilst the highest degree of efficiency could be had by there being a monopoly, nonetheless, that should be regulated. And that social media should be viewed as a public utility, just like electricity, water and phone utilities. I'm I'm a little bit tired of Christians who say to me, oh, but they're private companies and they can do what they want. Well, should a private company be able to deprive you of electricity or of water? And should a private company be able to deprive you of something that is so essential to modern life? And that is the internet. And then there is the hypocrisy. Now, Twitter this week, I was—I received a number of tweets which were extremely offensive. One of which, in public, accused me of being a pedophile enabler because of my Christianity. Not someone who knows me, not referring to a specific case or anything like that. I've never, ever been accused of that in my life. But because I'm a Christian, he said I was a pedophile enabler. Now, I reported that to Twitter because there was no point in answering it. I think it's extremely derogatory, harassment, and harmful. Twitter says in their rules, you may not engage in the targeted harassment of someone or incite other people to do so on the basis of race, ethnicity, national origin, caste, sexual orientation, gender, religious affiliation, and so on. Well, this person did that. Well, guess the response I got from Twitter. Twitter can put up warnings about president trump and twitter can ban president trump but someone can call me a pedophile enabler because why because i'm a christian and because i'm a christian minister and hey that's fine by twitter well another aspect of all of this is the world of influencers now this is someone called sheridan just listen to a little bit of her interview on british television I mean, th- yeah, there's loads of videos on my Instagram. Obviously, that was just the one me riding a camel. But, you know, I mean, um, I think if you ever had a look, obviously had a look at my Instagram, you'd see workouts. But I think in a world where you can be anything, be kind. And I think a lot of people forget about that. Um, and my job is to help p- 
people get fit and be motivational, whether it's in the house or it's in Dubai. But can I just say something? Um, when you say be kind, mind. like when we see how stretched the NHS is and those nurses that are working really, really hard. And well, what do you think? Is Here is a woman who has gone on holiday to Dubai or something and is posting up videos, boasting about it. And she says she justifies it by saying, well, that's my job. It's my job to influence people. It's my job to make videos and it inspires people. The very fact that she even thinks that her riding a camel in Dubai is somehow going to inspire people. There was a, a, a doctor who tweeted, tweeted um, yeah, that really motivates me in my work. Absolutely breathtaking. What a shallow person, but sadly reflective of a shallow society. Now then, speaking of influencers, let's go to this about transgender. Now, I also think that transgender is just going to be such a massive story. Uh, how our society has got itself into this collective hysteria and this position where governments, corporations, academic institutions, sadly, even some churches are promoting something which abuses and harms children. Now, the Tavistock Institute is the primary transgender place in the United Kingdom. It's just been found, uh, got a warning it's, because of its standards, um, but it's had a number of people, including on the wonderful trigonometry, Dr. Marcus Evans, telling us why he left after 20 years. And then this from Dr. David Bell. The main concerns were issues to do with lack of proper, lack of consent, that the, many of the people who spoke to me did not think the children were able to consent to the treatment. Then there were concerns of children being um, inappropriately um, pushed through to transition, whereas they had a lot of complex problems. As a result, children have been very seriously damaged. Well, that, that's quite an allegation, very seriously damaged. Are mm. children currently at risk in this service? Well, they're less at risk now because the puberty blockers have been stopped. The puberty blockers have been stopped because there is no evidence base for them at all. And the judicial review revealed that there was no follow-up of patients, no data, and remarkably little knowledge of what happens to these children. By putting on that pathway, it rather becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. The children have been diagnosed now as their main problem being gender, the other problems are left aside. And this results, in my view, in many children having inappropriate medical treatment. Now, there was a case bought by a woman called Kira Bell, who transgendered to a man and is now suing the Tavistock, and she won. She actually won her, her case. And this has caused a, a great deal of harm or a great deal of fuss actually because of the harm that has been caused but it is astounding marcus evans in his trigonometry interview says this once your decision making is based on a pre-existing belief structure may be embedded within the clinicians may be met by some of the parents you're not in a clinical environment it's no longer about medicine and facts and evidence it's about politics
He also adds, we've become obsessed by people's feelings, and at the moment, our discourse is dominated by what people feel. This is an epidemic of feelings over facts. Yeah, that's a serious accusation. But then this is causing enormous trouble within Scotland at the moment, because, of course, the trans activists are never satisfied. There's always got to be something more. Now, there's apparently been a number of young people in the SNP who are leaving it. And they're not leaving it because of scandal involving Nicola Sturgeon and the lies she's alleged to have told the Scottish Parliament. If not, Salmon's lying. We've mentioned this before. But no, they're leaving it because they've been told, and of course they believe what they're told, that the SNP is transphobic. And in the midst of a pandemic, Nicola Sturgeon felt compelled to say this. Have a listen. It grieves me deeply that you've reached this conclusion after much soul-searching because you consider at this stage the SNP not to be a safe, tolerant or welcoming place for trans people. That's not acceptable to me as SNP leader. I will do everything I can to change that impression and persuade all of you that the SNP is your party and that you should come home where you belong. Yes, we have differences of opinion on gender recognition reform. We should debate them openly and respectfully, but no debate can be a cover for transphobia. Trans people have as much right as any of us to be safe, secure and valued for who they are. Transphobia is wrong and we must treat it with the zero tolerance we treat racism or homophobia. Those are the principles I want to characterise the SNP and the country that I am privileged to lead. They're also the principles and values that I want to underpin the independent Scotland I've spent my whole life campaigning for. Now, my response to that, I don't know what your response to that would be. I mean, Nicola is saying, oh, no, 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 we can't have trans. What is transphobia? Because according to these activists, anyone who disagrees with any part of their theology, I will call any part of their doctrine, is phobic. So if you don't think a, a young child should be given puberty blockers, you're transphobic. If you don't think girls should have their breasts bound and crushed or even have their breasts removed, you're transphobic. If you don't think that primary school children should be taught that there are 100 genders, as a recent BBC program put out, you're transphobic. You see, everyone who doesn't agree with them is transphobic. And Nicola Sturgeon, either stupidly or spinelessly, is going along with this kind of bullying. Now, I'm reading an amazing book, Shearer's uh, Irreversible Damage, and I, I, I cannot commend it to you highly enough. But I have to say it again. What Sturgeon is defending, what Dan Andrews is defending, what Joe Biden is defending, what much of our society is defending is state-sponsored child abuse. Incredible. All right, let's just shift this. Let's go to uh, a time, 1930s, I think this is James Cagney. I don't think he ever said, you dirty, rotten rat, but he did say this. Listen to this. Come out and take it, you dirty, yellow-bellied rat, or I'll give it to you through the door. Oh, please, Matt, listen to me, will you? Now, uh, according to Petra, he would now be in trouble because Petra say that they, we have to reject such specious language. And we have to stand up for justice by rejecting supremacist language. So I'm not going to say to someone, you're a chicken. You have to say you're a coward. You rat. No, that's out. You've got to say you're a snitch, apparently. Snake equals a jerk. Doesn't quite have the same 
ring. Pig is repulsive. I think that's really unfair on pigs, to be honest. And I think my favorite is you can't use the word sloth. Instead, you have to say lazy. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, and then, of course, our speech fascists, they, 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 they just stop at nothing. They've got to find something to be offended by. So the BBC's Laura Kunzberg had used the phrase nitty gritty. Now, we, we all know what that means. It means get to the heart of the matter. But apparently, uh, somebody wrote in and put a complaint to the BBC, reported her for using a term which was stemmed from slave trading. Well, it doesn't. It just really doesn't. But they'd read it somewhere on Wikipedia or something, and so that was it. Uh, they reported. Oh. Well, the use of language, you know, and the emptiness of our society, I do want you to listen to uh, a little bit of Carl Lentz. Now, we've mentioned Carl before. He was the pastor of Hillsong in New York until he was fired, actually. Um, but he wasn't fired for this, although he should have been. L listen to this on The, the View. So it's not a sin in your church to have an abortion? Um, that's the kind of conversation we would have, finding out your story, where you're from, what Work you believe. It, like yeah, I mean, God's the judge. People have to live to their own convictions. And mm -hmm. I think if I have to tell you, um, that's, such a, that's such a broad question to me. I'm going, I'm going higher. I want to sit with somebody and say, where do you believe? Um, so it's I've, not an open and shut case with you. Some people would say it is. I, I think to me, I'm trying to teach people who Jesus is first, mm -hmm. find out their story. Before I start picking and choosing what I think is sin in your life, mm -hmm. I'd like to know your name. Okay, he wants, what, what's wrong with that? He wants to preach to the faithless and famous and so on. Um, the assumption was made by people in The View, by the way, that the young people are all pro-same-sex marriage and pro-abortion, which is not true. But being asked that question, so it's not a sin in your church to have an abortion, he, he, he waffled. People have to live their own convictions. It's such a broad question. Uh, I'm just going to preach what I feel is right. So he couldn't speak up for the unborn, but boy, was he absolutely certain about Black Lives Matter. He can be absolutely clear about supporting that organization. Just remarkable. It's remarkable. And then, sadly, that's the church. And then there was an interview with the woman who was his mistress, almost certainly not the only one, a woman called Ranim Karim, who went on television to say this. And I was like, are you married? And he said, I am, but he doesn't wear a ring. You never ever see him wearing a ring. When he told you he was married for 17 years and had three kids, did you think, I can't be with him, I can't date him? Or did you think, I'm okay with that? I was like, it's all good. I was married before and I didn't want to judge him because I was like, I like to meet people and feel like they're like a, a blank canvas, you know? You get to know them and you let them paint their own colors on it. You don't go and just sticker put stickers on people and think they're going to be that and going to be this and i didn't want to do that to him because i don't want to judge him now again you have to think about how shallow and empty that is because she's saying when she's asked you knew he was married he said to you he was married he didn't have a ring on his finger but he you knew he was married so well that didn't affect me because i like to treat everyone like they're a blank canvas when i meet them and they paint their own picture on it 
It's waffly nonsense. If he was a mass murderer, if he was a racist, if he was someone who beat up his wife, he's not a blank canvas. He's not, and he can't be. His character has been shaped by his school, by his relationships, by many, many, many different things. And this idea, I, I don't want to judge him. Hope he finds himself. It's the hypocrisy and shallowness. Now, speaking of which, let's have a quick look at some uh, hypocrisy. South Korea, the head of a South Korean party that has championed gender equality, was sacked in Monday. on Monday, guess what, for sexually harassing one of his own MPs. Kim Jong-chol is chairman of the Justice Party. It has six representatives in the South Korean parliament, and he admitted harassing Jang Hee-yong. Uh, Ms. Jang, age 33, is one of South Korea's youngest MPs. She had an anti-discrimination bill last year that was yet to be put to a vote and her own party leader in a party that's been set up to prevent this kind of thing happening. It just shows, doesn't it? Hypocrisy almost everywhere. Xi Jinping, he's got some nerve in terms of hypocrisy. This, this, is, this is spectacular. He has declared that the strong should not bully the weak. Just days after he sends warplanes into Taiwanese airspace, he started skirmishes with India, he's bullying and threatening Australia, and he says the strong should not bully the weak. Oh, dear. That's hypocrisy. And then Joe Biden is hypocrisy. Why? Why are we saying he's hypocritical? Because he's a good Catholic who goes to church every Sunday. And yet he's just reversed the Catholics teaching on abortion by in, in, lifting a ban on American aid agencies providing abortion to other countries. And believe you me, they are going to do it. Or how about this from Australia? Now, this is a really, really sad story, but it also indicates a kind of two-facedness in how we judge things. So a 17-year-old boy in Brisbane has been charged with the murder of a man and a woman on Tuesday because... Um, he killed this Kate Ledbetter and her partner, Matty Field, and she was pregnant. And the Assistant Commissioner, Brian Codd, said, the terrible tragedy that I'm talking about has resulted in two and potentially three innocent lives being lost. At this point, we're awaiting the confirmation of the pregnancy. There is provision under the Criminal Code for offences relating to the killing of unborn children, and it is certainly something that we'll be considering as part of the ongoing investigation. Now, so the law... You understand this? The law will punish someone for killing an unborn child in the womb because it's an innocent life, but the law will also at the same time enable people to kill the unborn child in the womb. Go figure. No one captured pop culture like Larry King on his iconic show. It was breaking news. It was long profiles. It was presidents. It was the most interesting show that we had. Larry King made news, broke news, and broke ground. Together for the first time ever on television, Jordan's King Hussein, Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin, and PLO Chairman Yasser Arafat talk about peace in the Middle East. 
In live TV, anything can happen. King died uh, last weekend, aged 87, and he was the most powerful voice in U.S. broadcasting. Uh, he interviewed people like Bill Clinton and Yasser Arafat and the Dalai Lama, Barack Obama, Putin, Bush. I think uh, infamously, most infamously was Muhammad Gaddafi, Mandela, Thatcher, Elizabeth Taylor, Bill Gates, Gorbachev, and so on. But I think my favorite King memory is reading of him saying, what would you ask Jesus Christ? And he said this, I'd want to ask him if he was virgin born, because if that's true, it changes the whole of history. Yeah, it does. And then let's come to uh, back to Europe. And who would believe this? That is Dutch rioters who've had four nights of rioting, throwing stones and firework at police, looting shops, uh, engaging with water cannon. Now, this is a nation. I love the Netherlands. It thinks of itself as nuchter and normal, sober and sensible in contrast to other parts of Europe. But the Netherlands has imposed a 9 p.m. curfew to combat the spread of COVID. And a lot of people, especially young people, are really upset about this. And the Netherlands does have a kind of broad libertarian notion of freedom and to be restrained in this way. So it's fascinating, just fascinating what's going on in the world. And here's another one from here. This is amazing. This is amazing. Portuguese, the Portuguese government is blocking private schools from offering remote learning for at least a fortnight to avoid their pupils gaining an unfair advantage over state education system. The minority socialist-led government has said that since some state schools won't be able to do it, private schools shouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, that's your way of equalizing, isn't it? Just dumb down everybody. All right. So, so here's my arm, right? So it's made of electrons and protons and neutrons. And uh, if, I, if I have a soul in there, something that we don't understand, but it's a different kind of energy or whatever it is that we don't have in physics at the moment, it, it interacts with matter because I'm moving my hand around. And so if you want to suggest there's something else that interacts with matter strongly, then I would say that it's ruled out. I would go as far as say it is ruled out by experiment, or at least it is extremely subtle and you would have to jump through a lot of hoops to come up with a theory of some stuff that we wouldn't have seen when we've observed how matter interacts. Brian Cox. Brian Cox, the TV personality, uh, scientist. The Daily Mail reported with, with just, it seemed almost glee, you know, Brian Cox says there's no life after death. Now, what Brian Cox actually said was that particle physics showed that, or sorry, he said there was no soul it was. There was no soul. That particle physics showed that there was no soul. Yeah, you see, here's the problem. And people were kind of breathless about this. They don't understand. We don't argue that the soul or the spirit is something material that's part of the natural world. That's kind of the point. Therefore, when someone says, who believes that the only thing there is, is material, that there isn't a material soul because there's nothing that's not material, then, you know, yeah, of course. What do you expect him to say? But that's the fallacy of logical positivism, which says that if you cannot prove something through scientific experiment, you cannot see, taste, touch, feel, 
or mathematically, logically prove something, then it doesn't exist. It's not true. The trouble is with logical positivism is its original premise, that statement itself, you can't prove, so therefore it's not true. So, I mean, you just go round and round in circles. I don't think we live in a soulless world at all. But the times, they are a-changing, and I think we've had enough of Bob Dylan, so we're going to go out with Rory Feek's uh, version of the times, they are a-changing. Come gather round people wherever you roam And admit that the waters around you have grown And accept it, soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone For the times, they are a change And, yes, the times are a-changing, but there's one person who never changes, Jesus Christ, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I rely and trust totally on him as I watch the world go mad around me. I stand on the solid rock, and I hope and pray you do too. Well, thank you for making these last couple of quantums so popular. It's been great to see that. Uh, Maybe it's Spotify, maybe it's being on YouTube, I'm not sure. Uh, Please, if you want to support us, feel free to do so. Uh, on the Podbean fundraiser. Uh, Any comments, feedback, always welcome. Well, usually. And any ideas or news, please send it in. But otherwise, pray that the Lord will be with you and that we will see you next week. Bye. Come senators, congressmen, please heed the call. Don't stand in the doorway, don't block up the hall For he that gets hurt will be he who has stalled The battle outside raging Will soon shake your windows and rattle your walls For the times, they are a change mothers and fathers throughout the land don't criticize what you can't understand your sons and your daughters are beyond your command your old road is rapidly aging please get out of the new one if you can't lend a hand for the times they are a-changing The light is drawn, the cursed it is cast And the slow one now will later be fast As the present now will later be past rapidly fading and the first one now will later be last for the times they are a changing yeah the times they are a change